Off the Ball Daily. A home for your favourite podcasts from Off the Ball. You had to be there, the performance rankings, a slight tangent and the crappy quiz. Have you ever done therapy, Adrian? Specifically related to the crappy quiz, though. Subscribe to the Off the Ball Daily podcast feed right now. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. To turn our attention back to the rugby, delighted to say we're joined on the line again by former Ireland international Anna Cablis. Morning, Anna. Well, lads, how are you? How are you getting on? Good, good now. More sport this morning, is it? There's a fair <laughs> bit of sport, yeah. That's the common theme on this. Sometimes we squeeze in some other stuff, but generally there's a lot going I'm thinking on. Of, I'm thinking of changing sports. I think I'll become a snooker fan. Ah, go for it. Well, I mean, Shane's recommendation there, Anna, that you, know, you can have a doze I off know, in the middle of just, it was definitely appealing to me. That was. I know. I was just listening to it. They're like, <laughs> especially all the all the drama and women's rugby. I think I need something a bit more calming. <laughs> well, you've segued beautifully into the uh, first thing that we need to ask you about. Um, we will come to talk about the game because there's plenty to get into, and um, we will do that. Ireland, Italy, of course. Um, but first of all, the Telegraph article. Um, we spoken to you a couple of weeks ago, and um, you touched on the reasons behind your own decisions to walk away and it felt like actually looking at some of the stuff that had come through um, in the article was um, reminded me of what you were talking about and obviously we had the Ireland head coach Greg McWilliams out in the meantime uh, to reflect on that. We had Fiona Hayes on the uh, Six Nations show yesterday Anna, and she was saying that um, she was only surprised by the fact that people were surprised by the stuff that came out that it wasn't necessarily new news. Absolutely. Yeah I was reading it like uh-huh you know <laughs> pretending to be shocked kind of a thing because yeah not, none of it's new to me none of it's new to anyone who's been involved in women's rugby for for quite some time will have um experienced things like this kind of um you know a, an alarming amount of sexism and then I read through it and I was like you know that's it's kind of um there's definitely more to it and I always say like the, the story of Irish women's rugby is like a big, massive jigsaw and everyone has a piece that they could contribute to it. And, you know, every player will have their own story. And sadly, a lot of it is is stories of like frustration and, and disappointment. And um, so, you know, this, te- this you know, Telegraph article was, wasn't, wasn't news to me. And I think I agree with Fihaz. They're saying like she was surprised that people were surprised. I think people are surprised less and less, to be honest. Mm. And I think the the overwhelming response, it's it's in a way, it's it's nice to see. Is there some kind of comfort to be taken in the fact that people are like, we've had enough of this. Like often before and, and certainly in the past few years, if something like this would come out, it's, you know, people kind of get back to it saying and respond saying like, ah, oh, the women giving out again. Those responses are becoming less and less because people are like, water what's something else something else what we need to sort this out we need to support the girls and we need, and I, th- I feel like th- there's so much support for the girls now and people really understand that the girls and these results are not reflective of of the squad and the ability of the squad it's their support that that comes in i think that's kind of becoming very clear to like fans of the game and and followers of of rugby in general and sport in general in ireland now because we want this team to succeed. Yet here we are again talking about more sexism and like, you know, the 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 shorts and the contracts and all that. Like, when can we actually talk about the rugby? 
We have to just like, I'm not saying that we shouldn't talk about this. We have to talk about this. When are we going to get to a stage when we can talk about this less and less and talk about the actual performances more and more where we are in contention to win a Six Nations? Yeah, like it is a very good point. And as you say, we have to talk about it. And we and you're, I know you're not suggesting we don't talk about it because it's important that yeah. when it comes up now and the fact that it's come up as an international story as well, I think it's important. And almost that point, and it feels like we need to be hearing from players like yourself who've been recently in the system or players who are currently in the system, like what's, what the at the minute we have an absence of people who fit that profile who are coming out to say everything here is brilliant we've learned all the lessons from the past and this has been fixed and this has been fixed and the communication is good it feels like we're missing that piece at the minute I've been trying to think of I agree with you and I've been trying to think of an analogy to kind of explain this really in, in non-rugby terms or see how else this could be related to to do you know how, how these processes happen in life. So, for example, like I used to be a teacher in England and all the schools get graded um, from outstanding is your top level, um, good, um, requires improvement and failing or, or whatever. And if you are a failing school and you, 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 know, you make an overhaul and you appoint new staff and you bring in... you they're not going to say like they don't just say okay great we've made these changes now off you go no you get a review every month everything is reviewed there's like an overhaul of you know staff systems everything so like in the recently you know with the appointment of like new staff we can't just be like right we'll leave you off now we trust you to do it all no this is a requires improvement slash failing situation Mm. we're not going to just sit back and be like okay um, you know, th- that's fine. If we're losing, it's fine because we trust what's going on. Maybe, 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 maybe they are doing the right thing and we don't see it yet. I, I, I'm, I'm skeptical and I've said that before. I'm skeptical and, and I'm cynical because of what I've been through as a player. So I'm just not going to sit here and be like, okay, we'll take your word for it. You know, when someone turns around and says, no, everything's fine. I won't, I can't take your word from it. And you're right. There are players like me who've, come out recently and that are standing up because we know that current players can't. I know that um, from myself. Like, I could never say what I really wanted to. I'm trying to do that now as best I can while still, you know, keeping, like, my my friends, like the players who are still in the squad and the girls that even I don't know, keeping them in in my thoughts all the time by the, the things that I say and how I go about how I say things. And everyone is like that. The thing here is, we all want the same thing. We all want Irish women's rugby to start performing. And I think the IRFU has done a good job in making us making it seem like we're against each other somehow, the former players, against the current players, against the management, against the sevens, against the fifteens, or whatever. I don't know. I, I just think that we all have to remember that we all want the same thing here, and that is to improve and compete and like get to the same level of 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 rugby that that our men's team is at and our under 20s team is at and like have fair chances at really performing and competing um obviously the IRFU came out in response to Fiona Thomas's article to say well we've put these structures in place and that's fair enough obviously like you say in terms of um a union or an association or any governing body where it's been identified that there's stuff that needs to be improved and I think uh, demonstrably there is stuff that's been improved and there's obviously more work 
to be done in that regard and they will defend themselves in relation to that. Uh, Greg McWilliams obviously was out to um, put forward to do that yesterday as well. Can you just talk to us, Anna, about your own experience if you can, just in relation to the stuff that you read in relation to, you know, you mentioned about the shorts. Obviously, you spoke to us before about the communication of team selections. What can you tell us about your own experience of uh, the the pieces that you read in that article? Um, yeah, I think... <sighs> That's that squad selection kind of issue. I that affected me a lot as a player. I was in the receiving end of that. Lots of girls were in in terms of being forgotten to be told that you were dropped or forgotten to be you know told in advance of um, a meeting, and suddenly you look at the screen and your name's not there. That's that's. Um, that's hard to talk about because that's a that's the management themselves. How they managed that was um, w- w- they managed it badly. Depending on you know uh, uh, what what coaches were involved at the time, there was always mistakes around this. But I think that can, can I ask you, Anna? Sorry, sorry to interrupt. Can I just ask you on that because some of what's been said here from Greg McWilliams was that this is why is this article coming out now? This is historic stuff. Can you give us a timeline on what you're talking about? I mean. And I, I can only speak of my experiences, even though whoever was interviewed for this has a similar story, you know. And and and, I, but I'll only I'll only speak for myself. Yeah. I left the squad in. Um, it was the previous management. Um, so, oh my God, I can't keep track of the years now. Twenty nineteen was it? Twenty twenty two is when I I was was dropped from the squad for the last time and then I, I, I decided to, to take myself out of to, to retire um, but that you know that's only you know a couple of months before that or a year before that you know if he's saying it's historic <laughs> I don't agree with that statement and do you, do, you, do, you, do you have a sense from what you're hearing or what you've experienced um, of whether things have improved since then I'm obviously not in the squad, so from the outside looking in, I feel like no. And that that you know to say that it's historic, I don't, I don't, I don't think like what does historic mean? When does that come into uh, effect? Like if you still have players that are suffering from those, uh, you know, the, the trauma of something like that happening before. Um, that's not historic. That's still current. You still have to deal with that within the current members of the squad. If there are current members of the squad who still, you know, have a fear that that could happen or it's happened to them before, like even though it might not have been you as a coach, you still have to mm. value that in your players' experience. And and you know, and and I think the reason that these errors keep happening is from the top down there's no fear for them that they're going to be reprimanded for making an error like this or that there's like a worry. It was just, you know, pure casual, like, oh, sorry about that, when actually your whole whole world has fallen apart in a moment. And like, whoops, on their behalf, because there's no real consequence for them to have, um, you know, to, to have just missed you off a list or forgot to text or forgot to call like that's massive you know the difference in experience for them which is like whoops versus 
oh my god you know everything i've worked for here isn't is hasn't hasn't worked out for me like that the difference in that is massive and it's a recurring trend um whether whether it's happening in the current squad from the from the article tells us that that it is so um I, I, I don't know what else to, to mm. add. And, and it's even the, the, the lack of something small, like the lack of protein supplements available to players for the third of Japan last summer. And, and, and even the derogatory comment about, about the alleged derogatory comment about women's rugby at the president's dinner as well. Like, did the likes of that comment surprise you, Anna? <laughs> Absolutely not. I'm here laughing because I've heard that comment a million times. Like... <laughs> I hear it all the time. I still hear it from, you know, people in rugby, supporters, fans. I have people writing to me privately to tell me that no one gives an F about women's rugby. <laughs> you see it. You can see it. You can read it. Like, and, you know, these might be fans, but people in um, positions of power that, you know, that also doesn't surprise me. I know, like, um, someone I know that... Um, she was telling me about a committee meeting she she was she had attended, and this also isn't new. And if you're a club that doesn't behave this way, I'm not I'm not referring to you. But if you're a club that behaves this way, I am referring to you. There are like you know the the the, the contents of the meeting. So they'll go through like starting with um, senior men, senior seconds, senior thirds, under twenties, under eighteens, under fifteens, under thirteens, under tens, minis. Right. Is that everything covered? And, you know, the women have to say, excuse me, what about the women? Referring to everything after you've talked about the minis Mm. section. That's not strange. And if you're a club who's changed that and you go from men's senior team to women's senior team to under 20s, good, well done. Like, or even starting with the women's agenda, like depending on like what stage of the season you're at or whatever. But it's not, that's not... um, that's not unusual to have the women's matters dealt with as people are getting up out of their chairs in in, in a club. And and these are the people who go on to, you know, um, work in, you know, get senior roles in, in, in the provinces and the union or whatever. That's not unusual. Um, I don't want you to feel badgered by these questions and we will move on to talk about the rugby in a minute. But I do think that it was important that we that we chat about it. When you say there's people writing to you, Anna, what do you mean? Just, just, I don't even know, like, they, <laughs> I'd like to say that they're trolls, but some of them I can see, like, what club they're connected to, or their fans, or their players, or, or, or whatever, and they'll, you know, write to me saying, like, it, it only happened recently, I had a really bad week there recently, because I put out something, um, oh, actually, sorry, it was in response to the Tiger Woods thing, and I sent a tweet, mm. and the amount of abuse that I got from rugby fans, and I can see that they're rugby fans, Mm. You know, and they'll say in their profile, follower of whatever province, uh, whatever club, and they'll be associated. So I can see that these people exist within clubs that have no time to listen to like um, women's players or athletes or whatever. And, and women's sport and whatever for them is just like yeah. not just irrelevant, an actual problem for them, for them to go out of their way and write to me. Um, and I took it down off my Twitter in the end because I'd had such a bad week of, of receiving stuff like this. And then people went and found me on my other social media platforms and wrote to me, even though I hadn't like put anything there. Um, so, you know, it's easy to, to find someone in rugby, like someone like me, who, a former player who's, you know, active on social media. Um, 
it's easy to find me and, and write to me and tell tell me what you really think. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, that's that's what I was referring to there. Okay, it's um, it's a level of bonkers. I think that. Um is uh, and and I also think that there's an element of we tend to talk about this stuff of um it being faceless social media and certainly some of the stuff that uh, we've seen here over the last few weeks um in relation to various bits the facelessness of it is the 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 fact that it is actual you can easily identify who people are is mm. the thing that's starting to um that I definitely caught me a bit by surprise and was uh, unusual the one just to yeah. leave it on leave it on this and move on to talk about the game but the thing that sort of struck me about it is that like it's hard for people to hear stuff that's not good that doesn't reflect well on them right like that's just a human mm-hmm. trait somebody says this thing you need to work on your initial reaction can be defensive so whether you're an individual or an yeah. organization that can be the case and that was the one area of disappointment that i had um over the last 48 hours that there wasn't an element of uh, officialdom in irish rugby saying okay okay we actually we thought we were sort of a little bit down the line it's kind of clear that we're not and there's a bit more work to be done will you just can we can we take that away? Can we think about it? Can we come back with some sort of a thought through response? That just bit seemed to be lacking. I completely agree. And I'm just wondering who is it going to take? Who is going to be the person to say that? Yes. Yes, you're right. And I, I have to I have to comment on the, the you know, the comments from 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 Greg, like, you know, for him to say, no, this isn't a sexist organization. Why can't you just, you know, not just you as in, in terms of Greg, why can't someone just say, yes, we're dealing with this. We're going to do everything we can to, to make sure that we can eradicate this, the, you know, this, this title and the, this behaviors and, and, you know, to, to flat out to stand up and say, no, I, I don't think so. I was really annoyed at that. And, um, you know, stand up for your girls, stand up for the players. Who's going to stand up for the players. Who's going to say, yes, we understand this. We're going, we're doing everything we can to change this. Instead of saying, no, it doesn't exist. Stand up for the girls. Like, please, someone, who's it going to be to say, yes, we recognize this? Because every time that there's been someone to, to stand up and put out a story like this or an article, you're absolutely right. They've acted in a defensive way and said, no, this isn't the case. Even in that article, it was like, oh, we can't comment on this because we don't know who the player is. Well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who it is or isn't. Like, let's say, okay, an error. We made an error. We're, we acknowledge it. We recognize it. We want to move on. But up till now, like, and, and there's a few other things in that article that really struck me, like, you know, that that, that Greg and, and, and David Nusifor sat down to make a plan and that they're on track with the plan, how could you be on track with the plan? Was the plan to come last in the Six Nations? Because that's what we're on track for now. Mm. Is that the plan? Was that really the plan? And these are the comments that make me feel like make me feel like we're undervalued. You know that that's it's it just it, there were so many things like you know the, historic. It's not historic. It's not nearly irrelevant. We're not on track. Like these are all like if you could if we could just see you know, stop the defensive attitude and say, no, this is all perfect. It's not perfect. Please acknowledge that. And please, like, let's say that this is where we're at. We are doing everything. Because I know there are some brilliant people in the IRFU 
And if this is how it, difficult it seems from the outside, you can imagine it's very difficult for people on the inside to also achieve things. But let's recognize it and, and move on together. Because at the end of the day, we... We, we all want the same thing here. We're not on different teams. We're all on the same team. We all want the same thing. Let's work together. Stop pipping us against each other. It's not, you know, like I already said, you know, the, the groups against each other. That's not what this is. We need to move forward together. I presume if one of those people in the RFU was to pick up the phone later on today over the next couple of weeks and say, Anna, you've been through this over the last while. You've been vocal about it. Can we grab a coffee and chat through your experiences of it? That's something you're open to. Absolutely. But I don't, if, yeah, absolutely, 100%. That's why, that's what I promised myself when I retired, that I would contribute to this journey as best I could. Um, but yeah. no one in the RFU ever spoke to me again after, after uh, Greg, Greg McWilliams called me the day to, 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 told me I wasn't, to tell me I wasn't going to be in the squad. No one ever spoke to me ever again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't I'd, foresee it. I'd say um, away from the constraints of uh, live broadcast, that would be um, probably a smart uh, thing for the RFU to do. We'll see um, how that plays out over the next while. Thanks for giving at it. I know it's a, it's a hard one for you to get into, so I appreciate it. Hmm. Um, let's talk about the rugby. Obviously, a couple of heavy defeats, a pivotal game now against Italy, uh, England and Scotland come after that. What is the, have, is there... Um, Without going back into the conversation we've just had, in terms of the playing side of it, is there like a renewed, is there a different um, target for this group now, Anna? Is the, is the, has the success measures changed for them, given what's happened over the first couple of games? Um, yeah, I think so. Um, I think that it's it's funny, you know, and after the result of the, the French game and there was a lot of, um, you know, kind of negative um, uh, critique and everything, which which was, you know, warranted with the, with the scoreline against a 14-man or a 14-woman uh, French side. So for me watching that, I, I, I took away loads of positives. I was like, that was great. This moment was great. That moment was great. So I can imagine, like, within the squad, they are feeling like, look at that moment, look at what we achieved there. And let's build on those moments because there were some brilliant, like some set piece, um, massive wins, like stealing the line outs and scrum wins and stuff like against France. And I think that they'll feel that if they can continue with those like uh, moments, like, you know, small wins to, to transfer them into like bigger wins, um, they'll be they'll be happy. So I think, yeah, they know where they're at now. Um I think the, the kind of interesting thing about this is that Italy, I think Italy are scared of Ireland. Um, and I think that Italy is like another world of rugby that will have very little idea of, of the media coverage that Ireland has been getting. They'll obviously see the score lines and they'll have done their homework on Ireland. But in terms of all this extra conversation around Ireland that the Welsh women and the English girls and the, and the Scottish girls are very aware of, Italy isn't aware of that. They don't know about all these extra stories. They don't kind of seem to be, you know, in, in, a, in a separate little rugby world over there. And that's fine for them. But I do think they have a fear. I think they have a fear of Ireland. So I think for Ireland coming into this game, this will be key, like a key performance and a, a place to, to pick up points. The two sort of pivotal areas um, watching the uh, our own uh, Six Nations show yesterday seem to be identified as our own unstructured attack, which might be a function of being constantly on the back foot, of course. And then Italy, the ferociousness at which they went at the breakdown against France. 
mm-hmm. two areas that potentially decide the outcome of this. Absolutely. Um, and I think that, well, Italy, Italy are, they're, they're similar to their men's team. They're kind of put, put together like a couple of like amazing phases and just can't seem to finish things off. Um, now I, they have some, they've some picked up some great experience at the world cup and they had some real standout players. So that will obviously like start to change. They had a very tough two opening rounds, you know, so we'll be very battle hardened from England and France. Um, and their physicality will be massive, but you know, Ireland have just played France as well. So they'll, it'll be a similar level they'll meet at in the middle, um, at the breakdown. And, you know, if, if Ireland can, can, kind of sort out their nomination in defence and communication defence to like nail those like missed tackles that's that'll be huge for them like and no doubt that they'll have worked on that like any player who missed a tackle the last day is going to be like I ain't missing a tackle on Saturday here in Parma like that's so if that can that small detail can be rectified then um, that will that will change the, the, the flow of things and are we going to get it are we going to get finally get a W on the board I always, I always want to say yes because when you're a player, and which is only you know recently for me, you believe that you will. And you know the, the last time in, in in Parma for for the Irish team um, was wasn't they're not good memories, but we did beat Italy. Um, and when you're going into this this match with all you've learned from the first two games and the whole world on fire outside of your squad. You're all you're talking about is how do we get the win here? Because absolutely they believe they can. Um, so yeah, I'm going I'm going to back them and I'm going to say that that yeah we we, we can. <laughs> okay, good. Well, there's uh, plenty in our chat over the last twenty minutes, and as I said a little bit earlier, um, I we appreciate you've been open and honest about that stuff. It's I think important for now that we have those conversations, and yeah. as you say, let's uh, hope again in six months or whatever length, length of time it takes that we're in a position where we can just talk about the rugby. We'd be delighted to do that. Um, but for the minute, Anna, thanks, Melian. Thanks, lads. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now.